we are recording. Hi everyone and happy new year. And welcome to Varsity Switchboard for Lent 2021. <laughs> Christ, the year didn't even pass, I'm so tired. Hang on, hang on, compose. Welcome to Varsity Switchboard for Lent 2021. And we are your podcast producers for this term. Eliza's at home. I'm staying here in Cambridge. So we are here to give you Cambridge from home and Cambridge from Cambridge in a term where, sadly, everything has gone online. Mayball band Colonel Spanky's Love Ensemble putting it a lot better than we could. It really does feel like we ain't got no home. So we're hoping that amongst the Zoom fatigue you can switch off and feel at home when you tune in to Switchboard. We're going to do our best to bring the Cambridge Prep queue to your listening ears. Confession 8409 10th of November 2019 It is a bright, crisp morning. People flock to King's Parade, like sheep presumably instinctively flock to sheep farms. As I cycle towards the street, an ignorant passerby might mistake me for one of them, but that bumbling bipedal bird brain couldn't be more wrong. I serve a greater purpose, one elevated far above what they can comprehend, in both an abstract and physical sense, due to the epic proportions of my expensive mountain road hybrid bicycle. I see this avenue not as an avenue, but a stage. A stage for the performance of the century, with all these puny pedestrians as my audience. The people of Cambridge are about to have their tiny pseudo-intellectual minds blown. A clear stretch up ahead. This is it, the moment I've been dreaming about for weeks. The moment I was made for. It is time to execute the stunt I've been so tirelessly choreographing for as long as I can remember. It is time to make history. I remove my left and right hands simultaneously from their respective handlebars. The whole street freezes in time for an infinitesimal moment. We're lost for words, imply countless nearby pedestrians wordlessly. I can sense that their respect for me is enormous. This is probably the most impressive thing they will ever witness. I am, to them, a god. Too powerful to even look directly at, I suppose. I'm overcome with a wave of ecstasy, but maintain my cool composure. I channel the carefree aura of Owen Wilson's character in the crime drama Zoolander, which I have been watching on repeat due to my uncanny affinity with the titular character. I drift onward at a positively tubular five miles per hour, and my hands hanging loosely by my sides. A powerful pose. Yeah, I'm pretty rad says my potent posture, and I don't even know it, but you do. A passing car beeps its horn in admiration as some sort of sonic salute. Practically dozens of inferior cyclists swerve in awe, using their handlebars for fools. Panic. My phone buzzes. My mind whirs. What could this be? An honorary fellowship from King's College, awarded by the provost as he watches me from across the street? An invitation to an international stunt bicycling competition. A begging phone call from my ex-girlfriend, who, upon hearing of my gyroscopic escapades, seeks to apologise for mutually breaking up with me and calling me the human equivalent of Piers Morgan. 
a particularly ill-conceived attempt at an insult due to my respect for the esteemed broadcaster's political commentary. The possibilities are endless. Naturally, I take my phone out of my pocket, inducing a slight swerve in my trajectory and causing a pedestrian to fall back onto the pavement. A necessary sacrifice, I think. Without reading the text message, I respond with yeet, with a level of irony that is ambiguous even to myself. I'm a pretty funny guy. Ask me who Joe is, I dare you. The guys at O2 will be laughing about that one for weeks. I put the phone back into my pocket and cycle away. After I've disappeared, the profound impact of my daredevilry lingers in the air. I've challenged the society that we live in. When I cycle down King's Parade without hands, it's not the paving stones I'm stunting on. It's the system. The elite. The man. Or woman. I'm all for that sort of thing. Above all, I'm stunting on the government. Thank you so much to Sam from the Switchboard team for that very dramatic reading of one of his favourite campuses. Today, we are going to talk to you about some of your favourite online pages that we've all become so insanely reliant on over the last few weeks. We found ourselves scrolling through campus for a little too long and we thought it was actually somehow quite representative of all of the student experiences that we kind of spend each week trying to seek out and trying to work out what we think people would want to hear. Particularly in an online term, the pages like play a pretty significant role. Mm. Like more so than ever, maybe. Or maybe less so because you're not seeing people. So you're not it's... seeing people, but you kind of the especially because there are people who are in Cambridge. You mm. still kind of like you still hear about the practice, you still hear about Mainsbury's, like it still it proves that it still exists and that it wasn't really a fever dream. <laughs> it might feel that way. Literally. Um, another thing is editorial stance. Like we don't realise how much the admins end up having to screen out certain things or like whether their quest is to be representative of everything that students are feeling. I mean, it might be quite interesting, like, what, what are your views on how, I guess, how representative they should be? Because I'm, I'm really not sure where I stand on it, to be honest. I think there is a difference between being representative and kind of airing active messages of hate. Mm-hmm. I think the, that's kind of where the distinction is drawn, is it's, you can, I remember this happening on Campus Fest, people saying, how dare you post about this, whatever, whatever, the admin saying no you're you're posting opinion as long as it's not a direct message of hate towards community in cambridge mm. you know it's a really it's it must be such a hard line to tread like campus one of the things that we spoke about a lot like in the preparation of this episode was some of the really um distressed messages that have been cropping up on campus and um, like especially recently and it's it's difficult to know what your role is as a page and i think also difficult given that these anonymous submissions like wanting to help students and and you quite literally don't know who's posted it oh i guess another thing the only other thing is why these pages were created i think so especially in the cases of one of the pages we spoke to which is worldbridge these pages are created kind of out of necessity more than anything necessity for people to have a space and we see this in queerbridge we see this in for god's sake we see it in rowbridge Mm-hmm. rowers talk about rowing um and especially world bridge was creating a space for international students when campus was really being invaded 
with a lot of really polarizing opinions and international students feel like they weren't being heard or understood it's important to create a kind of unifying space where they can feel like they can share their feelings honestly and not be reprimanded by people who don't really understand what they're going through and we were lucky enough to speak to the admins of Kindbridge and Worldbridge to hear a little bit more about what it's like being an admin and kind of what they go through day to day and also get a really great statement from ABC Bridge about everything controversial and not that's been happening over on that page recently. I mean, it's, you know, Gossip Girl? <laughs> it's all or, or Lady Whistledown from Bridgerton. I mean, like the admins are pretty mysterious. Um, we've modulated all their voices so they can remain anonymous. But um, hopefully this demystifies at least what goes on behind the scenes of all these pages. We're just going to start off with a very simple question. What is your page? So our page is Worldbridge. Basically, it's one of those special Cambridge pages where it's catered towards a certain group of people. So you have like Rowbridge and Grudgebridge and Crushbridge. Kindbridge, those are more like topical things. For us, it's more for international EU students. And so yeah, especially during Corona, the impact on international students has been much, much greater, especially now with Brexit too, like EU students had even more to worry about than they did before. So yeah, Worldbridge is just sort of to be a space for those people. Yeah, of course. And just to kind of expand upon that a little bit, when was it set up and what what do you think was kind of the catalyst for, mm-hmm. for people to think it should be created? Yeah, so I think definitely when the first lockdown hit and the first, like, when coronavirus first started, it was more just a shock. And so at that point, like, this is not, like, something we're thinking about at all. I think with Michaelmas term, obviously there were more difficulties for international students because some people had to quarantine, home students didn't, and also towards the end of Michaelmas, people required tests to get back home. And I know that that was a struggle for a lot of people to even get hold of those tests and try to get them cheaply. So I think from there, things were starting to simmer a little bit because now, like during term time, international students face a lot more difficulties to even come to Cambridge. And on campus, you would see like the occasional international post here and there, but it would just be filled with home students and not really being able to sympathize with those international concerns. So it was after Michaelmas term and some friends and international friends and I had started thinking about, oh, like maybe this could be a thing just because now more than ever, it seems like we need a space where we can talk about these things and get advice and not have it be swamped in all the other campus posts. It's about right. having a conversation in a, in a space where people will understand what you're actually saying. Exactly. Yeah, especially because, like, sometimes when I try to express that to my home student friends, they just don't get it. And it's so frustrating. I'm not trying to, like, one-up you and be like, I have worse problems. But it's just you want someone to listen, and that can be really hard, especially because campus is so huge. And, like, for internationals, that's sort of the only thing you have. Some colleges don't have great international communities either. So very limited in terms of the outlets you can have yeah and then with the announcement of lockdown and you know even more constraints now with travel bans I think they just like we need it now more than ever yeah I mean I I genuinely couldn't agree more I think especially over the winter holidays where like for example I couldn't go home 
yeah. travel around so many people are in the same situation and it's about having a safe space mm-hmm. so this is something that obviously people don't necessarily know that much about kind of these pages such a big part of everyone's lives but what what is the actual the the role of an of an admin what do you how do you kind of figure out what's going to go through what's not what is that process so I think at the very beginning because we were were like a very new page we just wanted to make sure that we didn't run out of content (laughs) and because like sort of as a new page you want people to send in content but to do that you need to like be in their feed so they like are constantly aware of you so that was like the beginning it was like when we first started we would get we got a rush of content and it was great but we didn't want to lose that content because once we had nothing more to post I feel like we would fall to the back of people's minds and then we we couldn't really sustain ourselves and keep growing as a page so that was the first issue but now submissions have become more consistent which is really great then after that it was more about like making sure to post topical things because I think with such a huge I keep comparing to campus that was sort of our model right what we saw happening and what we wanted to improve for the international students so with campus because there are so many submissions there is a time delay or a time lag and when certain things get posted mm. um, and especially for international students when things are changing so quickly like if someone asks about test and release schemes the test and release scheme like we want to post that when we can so that they get the information before it's too late. And then the last thing, I, I think all pages sort of share this, especially when there is debate, is if one post, a lot of people deem it controversial or like have a lot of different responses to it. Obviously, we want to promote the different perspectives and we're not going to choose a side as admins. But also, if like multiple people have similar responses, it isn't worth posting both responses if they're so similar sometimes things can be a little harsh so we'll just straight up like no we're not posting that like sorry that's a bit rude and then yeah because there were some controversial posts about like AstraZeneca and the vaccines of international fees and stuff and like why you have to pay that and everything so for those as well you don't want those to like go on forever because you don't want it to become a page of just about like these two discussions so sometimes it's about like okay we've heard a little like someone said something someone's responded that's good enough we can just leave it at that and then try and put in some new content yeah no like you said it's when for something that's so shifting and so topical you want to make sure everything's on track right right. in a way and obviously in terms of how covid changes your response covid changes the responses every day because Mm -hmm especially since you're such a universal page, you must get input from people from all over the world with all different perspectives and different kind of rulings. Definitely. Especially like January 6th, when lockdown was announced, there was like a whole flood of submissions of people, some people, you know, being stuck in the UK and not being able to go home. Some people trying to decide, some people who were at home and were sad that they were home. So yeah, you definitely get that variation in responses. No, completely. And like you said, kind of being topical is the the most important thing. So kind of just to to round things off a bit on that note of being topical, what do you think your role is in an online term where these pages a lot of the time are people's only connection to Cambridge? What do you think your, your role and your responsibility is there? I think, well, I hope that our role is sort of what we 
envision starting the page. I really do just hope like WorldBridge is somewhere that international students won't feel alone and they feel like they'll have a page that they can submit things to that will 99% of the time get posted in a reasonable amount of time to feel like they are part of some conversation and to let others know as well that like 10 other people are going through the same thing kind of thing, especially for those international students stuck at home by themselves or stuck in Cambridge in an empty household. I think it's really important that they still feel part of some community. And so I hope that WorldBridge can provide that for them. And obviously there will be debate and there will be arguments, but hopefully people find that enlightening to see those different perspectives, especially because the international community is so diverse. And it's also, you can never, the, the comment section is something you can't really control, mm-hmm. right? Like the, com- the, comment, the comment section is something that will have a life of its own. Yeah. And so that must be, I guess from your respect, that must be really interesting to kind of, you post something and then suddenly it's, it's a comment section that you weren't expecting and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, and it was really sweet too to see, like, especially sort of when lockdown was announced, a lot of submissions were like, oh, I don't know what to do, I need help. And you would get like some really sweet people who would like try and help them out. And I, I think that that's so sweet, especially in this climate that yes, people are coming to WorldBridge for advice and there are people commenting, not being anonymous and just like purely commenting out of the goodness of their heart hmm. to try to help someone out. No, completely. And I think on behalf of pretty much everyone in the international community, I'm sure they're all really grateful that you've created that space kind of not obviously hearing hearing debate from all sides is always useful, but a space where you can feel understood mm-hmm. and feel like you can post something and feel understood. It's really helpful. But unlike WorldBridge, most of these submission pages have been going on for a very long time and are a well-recognised aspect of Cambridge life. I spoke to Cambridge, which I actually found out is even older than CamFest, to find out about a page that's been trying to spread kindness through Cambridge even before the pandemic. It feels strange because I'm not going to introduce you with your name. So (laughs) one of the kind um, bridge admins. And one of my first questions was, what is KindBridge and when did it begin? So KindBridge is an anonymous submissions platform where people can submit basically anything they want. But the premise is that it's something nice that you want to share about someone anonymously. Well, kind of anonymously, you have to give their initials. If someone writes someone's full name, I generally edit it to be just initials. But they can get quite specific sometimes. It's like AK at M who is on the rowing team and loves, I don't know, cats or something. And it's like, well, we all know who this is. But the idea is that it's mainly anonymous. You don't know who the submissions are from either. But we post all sorts of stuff really like, yeah, the, the main thing is people giving compliments to each other. But we also post kind of more campus style things I guess in people kind of if they want to share things about their life and ask for advice I welcome those kind of things if people want to share things asking for solidarity or anything like that generally I accept all of those submissions I don't really say no to most submissions as long as they are in the spirit of kindness and kind of spreading positivity as much as possible but obviously in a time like this we can't all be spreading positivity and it started actually several years ago I wasn't the person who started it I'm the third admin of Kindbridge. <laughs> I don't want to give too many details of who else has run it or who started it. But yeah, it's probably been around for like maybe five, six years now, I guess. Um, I think we're one of the smaller pages, but I don't mind that. <laughs> I, I do sometimes liaise with like the campus admins and they get 
a lot of submissions and some of them being less publishable. But luckily for me, I only get maybe on a good day, like 20. And most of them are really nice. <laughs> I mean, did you start as a reaction or do you think it started as a reaction to Campus? Well, we came before Campus. Campus was, I don't know, a couple of years ago. But I think it was kind of as a reaction to Crush Bridge, but not necessarily kind of romantic. I think it has platonic undertones most of the time. Although we do get romantic ones as well, and I publish them. Sometimes I think mm, this is really a crush bridge, but you can you can stay. <laughs> I mean, as an admin, how does it has it altered your view of Cambridge? Like, has it given you a more positive view of Cambridge because you're coming across all of these really kind things that people are saying about one another? When the pandemic started and as it continues, I'm just kind of it hits me every time there's a new kind of lockdown restriction announced or there's more bad news that people's reaction is to come to Cambridge and say nice things about other people. It's, it's really like a trend that I've noticed actually is that when bad things are happening, people just want to be nice. And that's so heartening as well to see from the student body. It's such like a place of positivity. And for like one thing we've spoken to people from loads of different years, but we've spoken to a lot of freshers who are saying these pages are a really big part of their life because their whole term has been online. So it's kind of, I guess, the version of the Cindy smoking area for them. Like it's where they're, <laughs> they're getting to know one another and they're referencing one another. Like, how do you think these sort of pages help people build connections, like especially in an online term? I think that's a really good question. And it's an interesting one because... Obviously, a lot of the submissions are anonymous and responses are uh, anonymous, like especially with campus, not so much with Cambridge because people just tend to comment things. But when you have like campuses like all in replies to each other and like this discussion in which no one is named, like what kind of community actually is that? Mm. But I think with Cambridge more, and I've definitely seen it with campus as well, like people asking for advice and then like students in the comments giving advice I've definitely been one of those students in the comments as well but with Cambridge especially when people are kind of saying you know I'm struggling with my mental health does anyone have any tips for like getting through this the comments are always just people being lovely <laughs> to each other and I think that's like a really nice community in that like the people you meet or connect with aren't necessarily like the people in your college or on your course but people who are kind of like going through the same thing you're going through or have been through it and kind of can offer advice and solidarity and kindness which is sometimes maybe even a little bit deeper than in-person socializations. Yeah there's like a beauty in the anonymity. I think especially now you can see that other people are struggling and and maybe relate to some of the things that are being posted. Now it sounds like Cambridge like I can imagine the nature of the page means you get really quite lovely submissions but with Canfest, like I think it's actually quite hard for them to make a decision like as to what to publish because they get some really distressed students posting on that. And it's really important that those students, I think, are getting an, a way to kind of seek support or just kind of find out if other people feel the same way. But do you ever think that there's like, where do you think that line is between wanting to be representative of the way students are feeling? and not wanting to publish something that might be kind of disturbing to other students to see. Yeah, I think this is a really difficult one. For me, I think for quite a lot of posts, if they kind of are distressing in nature, I will add content notes to them and like line breaks so that people, it doesn't just show up in people's feeds and they can choose to read it based on the content notes if they think that they're in the right place to where they can offer support or if they want to see if they want to find some solidarity in that post, then they can. We don't get that many 
So it's probably different to campus. If, if campus are getting like, you know, 10 a day and they don't feel like they can publish them all, then I definitely wouldn't hold that against them. I think in the past I've commented as Climbridge beneath the post being like, these are the sources of support for if you're feeling like this. And I know also that the kind of SU sabbatical officers are quite active on the, on the kind of confession and like submission pages and can quite often reply with more specific advice on what the university can do. But it is a really difficult one. Yeah, definitely. Like how you, how you draw that line. I mean, how many, how many submissions do you get a day? Like, does it really vary? Yeah, it definitely varies. It varies between like one or two to like 10. Sometimes the notifications don't work on my phone and I'll think, hmm, we haven't had a Cambridge in a couple of days and I'll open the app <laughs> and I'll have like 20 waiting for me. Yeah, but we don't get that many. It's a smaller page, but I don't mind that. And mm. because there's only one of me, it's not overwhelming. But when I graduate, I will have to find find someone to take it <laughs> yeah, so like how how does the process like the I maybe you don't want to reveal this but how does like the logistical <laughs> process of the Cambridge admins operate so I got involved when I was a fresher I'm a fourth year now so <laughs> I've been doing it for a while but I just kept submitting things and then eventually I messaged the page and I was like do you actually need an admin because um I want to admin and I got it like that but I think kind of since I've been since I've been kind of running it, I've at least tried to make it, I don't know, it's difficult to explain because I don't want to make it seem like I censor anything because in general, I don't censor things. If something's inappropriate, I just won't post it. I think there's kind of an assumption that kindness in general is kind of apolitical or that anything that you say, which has like a kind undertone to it or a well-intentioned undertone to it can't be harmful in some way. And we've had it quite a few times with people kind of posting or submitting their kind of opinions on especially trans issues and doing it in a way which is like I don't understand but this is what I think and can someone correct me or can someone explain this to me and I think like submissions pages like campus might be the place to put that but for me Cambridge isn't and I don't want people to read Cambridge and read like transphobia basically so some of those posts I don't, don't allow to be posted and then sometimes we do just get outright transphobia. So I've kind of ranted about it slightly on the page and that, that I don't like it. I was just going to say, it's really strange that you've, I, I mean, I've never ever seen anything really even on the topic of being transgender on CAMFES or any of these like confession pages. I, I'm, I'm really surprised that people are, are like, especially targeting Kindbridge as a place to kind of have those sort of discussions or say horrible things. Yeah, it's, Interesting. I don't think a lot of these things are born of like malice, but I think they are born of ignorance and not being willing to kind of maybe possibly not being willing to do the kind of work and research yourself and hoping that trans people will like explain it to you. And mm. also I've been quite vocally supportive of like trans students and trans rights posted like pro trans me to the page. And I think maybe because we're kind of positively vocal about trans issues the reaction to that is sometimes from people who don't understand or who have some kind of prejudices about trans people to come to my inbox and yeah ask me to kind of submit or post things or explain things to them which just it's harmful if I post them in my opinion but I guess my kind of my kind of point with this is that in my opinion kindness is political so <laughs> I feel like when choosing someone to take over from me when I eventually graduate 
I want it to be someone who is kind of politically sound, <laughs> which is slightly dodgy. And maybe, maybe, maybe I'll be accused of like inhibiting free speech when uh, people hear this. But it's important to me that kind of the more innocuous things which come across like on the surface level, like they could be kind, but actually are quite harmful. Or, I mean, some of them are outright harmful, or some of them are. We got one the other day, which was like, kind wish to Donald Trump, your tweets have kept me so entertained in this liberal hellscape. And I was like, I'm not going to post that. <laughs> I, I want to pass the page on to someone who has the same kind of judgment on kind bridges like that. Because like, at the end of the day, a kind bridge to Donald Trump doesn't really hurt anyone. But it also won't get to Donald Trump. Mm. It's quite, I mean, this is one thing we found over the course of the whole episode is that these pages, like the admins really do have to take an editorial stance. Mm. I feel like Campfest try really hard to be representative. Like, like I, I get I get the sense that they they're they're trying not to spam students by like posting hundreds a day, but they're trying yeah. to make a kind of fair proportion. But it is interesting that it's like an editorial stance. Yeah. I guess because yeah. it's a big part of people's life at Cambridge, like especially in an online term. Well, that I guess that's why I'm I'm glad we're keeping like I, I can understand why the admins are anonymous. The anonymity of these confession pages really is a double-edged sword. On the one hand, it gives students a place to seek advice, to air a grievance or simply have a laugh. And on the other hand, it can mean that some quite horrible things are said. Next up, we have Amber reading a statement from the confession page ADC Bridge, which really explores the relationship between the positive and the negative of these pages. For our listeners who may be just as lost as I am, ADC Bridge has been established for the Cambridge theatre scene and one of the, I suppose, scandals that they've been discussing centres around what's called the Marlowe Society, which is a really historic and established Cambridge Dramatics group. Here is a statement from ADC Bridge about what it's been like running the page since October. We run the theatre version of Campfest or Crush Bridge, ADC Bridge. We started the page at the beginning of this academic year. During October, the ADC was open, but audiences were only allowed at main shows, socially distanced, of course, and late shows had to be live streamed only. After seeing a show, you'd normally have time to interact with those involved, congratulating performances you loved or commending writers and prod teams for their incredible work. We wanted to create a place where support for shows, actors and prod teams could still be shared in a COVID safe manner. As admins, we have to filter through the anonymous submissions to our page and decide what should be shared with the community. We also monitor the comments section to make sure that members are interacting with posts following our site rules. Pretty standard admin things, really. In an online term, we provide a platform for people to share their appreciation and support for the numerous online projects going ahead to try and keep the theatre community going. We have also more recently become a place for discussion of issues within the community. Our submissions vary greatly, from the incredibly positive and supportive posts aimed at those involved in productions, to some on the other side of the scale. Anonymity seems to bring out the worst in some people. Following the Marlowe Showcase casting announcement, we received one post highlighting the all-white cast and prod team, and it was this post that sparked the flurry of posts highlighting the issues within Cambridge Theatre. Sure, we all like to think that it's a positive environment full of supportive people, a safe space for some, but more recent submissions have been a wake-up call. 
Our admins have had to filter through so many submissions, some defending the choices made by the Marlowe Showcase, and many criticising the problems and biases within the theatre community that have not had the option to be properly discussed before. We have received backlash for some of the posts we have let through to the main page, but it is not fair to show only one side of the argument, and posting those submissions shows just how much of a problem racism is in Cambridge theatre. The anonymous format gives people the courage to post about things they might not normally discuss or ask about, which leads to opportunities to educate and help the original poster, particularly surrounding Marlowe, posts on disabilities, posts on non-binary casting and such. In summary, ADC Bridge submissions are highlighting the problems still within our community and we hope that more discussion and attention brought to such issues can allow for solutions to be found and implemented. That was Amber reading a statement from ADC Bridge, which highlights that there may be some negative aspects of these pages, but generally they're a really positive force within the Cambridge community. One thing we touched on at the beginning of the episode with WorldBridge is that these confession pages are probably more important than ever, given that it's an online term. There was a really beautiful article in Varsity this week, published by Afresha George, in which he spoke about beginning uni during COVID restrictions and social distancing, which has meant that these online confession pages have played an instrumental role in his experience. Kind of things like Canfess and and, and Crushbridge offered was a way to connect to a a wider community that was far easier to access without any kind of COVID restrictions. I I think that, that that's what made it so important was you know, not only this idea, but it was so easily accessible, but also in a strange way for me, it was nostalgic. It was reminiscent of a time where you didn't have restrictions, where, you know, it was something that hadn't been changed by COVID. And that was something that really appealed to me about it, about all these Facebook pages. I mean, I often think of myself scrolling through Facebook as wasting time. But do you think that it's time wasted, given that it's giving you that experience? I mean, don't tell my supervisor, but I do think it's actually a, a good thing to do. I don't think of it as wasting time at all. I think at the very least, it, it offers a kind of respite. It offers a way out of the academic side of university, which I feel has become more and more kind of overwhelming, especially for me, because there, there's just nothing else to do. Mm. I, I've got I've got my essays to write, I've got seminars to go to, I've got lectures to watch, and that's about it. I I don't have a a social life right now, as many of us don't. So I I think going into that kind of sphere, going into somewhere where it's purely about in-jokes and engaging with others is freeing Mm -hmm. and is something that I, I think is really in in terms of kind of putting yourself into perspective and getting yourself out of kind of a work mindset is actually something very important for um i mean i don't know whether i'm overstating here but i i find it useful for kind of my mental health in the sense that i'm not always focused on work Mm. i mean one thing that i found quite alarming um is that last year i think it was quite rare to come across very negative posts they were just kind of generally your light-hearted in jokes but given the pandemic um the culture i'd say of these pages has really changed um people are posting anonymous um i suppose posts admitting that they're struggling do you think 
that seeing those posts is damaging to people's mental health or do you think that realizing other people are feeling the same way is perhaps beneficial i mean i wouldn't necessarily say that it's damaging because even if people on an individual basis see that others are suffering and that has a negative impact on them i think it's important nonetheless that we understand that these are hard times and seeing if I think what is what I found very moving about a lot of these admittances that people are struggling is that people are willing to do that people are willing to say that these are hard times and I think that's actually something very beneficial because what I've noticed coming to Cambridge is that it's not necessarily that people are forcing work upon you and that you're supposed to do it and that you're supposed to suffer but it's that there's so much just expected as a minimum and what often i feel is not acknowledged is just how difficult it can sometimes be and if someone is ultimately airing their grievances about how difficult things can be i don't think that's a bad thing and i think it ultimately forces us as a wider community to understand the effects that this pandemic is having, not just in terms of not being in university, but also that we're finding it far more difficult to cope. And if that's the case, then that's an issue that needs to be confronted. I mean, what do you take away in terms of confronting these issues and what do you think we can take away um, from these posts? Do you think that any action can come of them? I mean, I mean, that, that, that's, a, that's a difficult question. Yeah. <laughs> I feel on an individual basis, I think what we can do is we can, you know, we can check in on our friends and we can make sure that we're okay because, well, that our friends are okay because I, I think something I've noticed coming here is that there are support outlets and, you know, they're, they're, they're relatively easy to access and so you know just checking on people making sure that they're okay perhaps encouraging your friends to go talk to uh, welfare officers in college or uh, I, I know a lot of colleges employ counselors and mental health advisors that's something that you know potentially could happen but it, it makes you wonder whether a wider action needs to be taken but potentially here i don't know but it there there's a potential here to see that maybe there's this is indicative of something around the culture of Cambridge, around study culture especially, but it mm. it can be so pressuring. And if that's the case, then I think that, that may be something for higher-ups to consider. And I guess on the note of that study culture, I mean, what other aspects of Cambridge culture do you feel that you've had an insight into from these online pages? I, I think what, what I've seen is also there's another side to it, is that as much as people work hard, I mean, there, there, there is also, a, you know, it's a cliche, but, you know, there's a work hard, play hard culture. People love to let off steam and people love to get involved in things around the university. And people just want to get involved in societies and want to go out clubbing, they want to go to the pub. And maybe this is why, you know, the, the obvious suffering of people has, has come to the forefront is because they have no outlet anymore. Is that we, you know, both Cindy's and Fez have shut, pubs are shut. Uh, you know, societies are at best forced online. People don't have an outlet. And um, it's obvious to me that 
having such an outlet was a massive part of being able to cope with Cambridge life and also to just interact with people and, and get to know people outside of college and just enjoy yourself, which is obviously such an important part of university, I think. Going off on a slightly different tangent, I'm quite interested in the impact that monitoring these pages might have on moderators because they have a wonderful role in their having an insight into the community, but it's also quite a big ask of them to be moderating what's acceptable to put out or what's representative of the student experience. Do you have any insight into that? I think that the job of a moderator must be really interesting because you're getting an insight into the mindset of a lot of people within the university. And so I think for a moderator, I think the job of, that they may have is to try and portray university life as honestly as possible especially in the case of something like campus which is has got such a wide general scope in terms of, of the content that it puts on there i think that that must be a, an incredible kind of burden just to just to see the kind of diversity of thought that exists within the university it whether I have any insight into that, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think it just must be an extraordinary job to have. And the ultimate goal would, I presume, to be to reflect the widest kind of thought that happens within the university. I suppose given that people are spending so long on these pages, do you have, do you think that they should be kind of representative or do you think that perhaps they should be limiting um, posts that may be kind of distressing? I think it would be slightly disingenuous to limit the amount of posts that show obvious distress, because I think therefore it would give a false impression of how people are coping with this. If it continued to be lighthearted jokes, then it would not be reflective of the fact that people are finding this to be a difficult period and that seeing other people air their grievances on such a public level is actually something that's quite cathartic and can help people feel not alone. You know, that being said, I think people do find these to be very sensitive topics and you know may not want to read about this. So I think ultimately what it is is a case of moderation, which I think is something that they, they, they do fairly well uh, with, you know, uh, warnings on um, a lot of these posts just so that people are, are aware of the content. I think they, there seems to be a, a kind of duty here to show that their, their, their job is not to filter. Their job is to, you know, make sure that people aren't saying stuff that is ludicrously offensive and doesn't fit within kind of the culture of the page. So I, I it's, it's a, it's a fine line, I think, that has to be walked, but it, it so I think the job of these pages are, are, are in a way to reflect genuine feeling. And if you start to limit that mm. on the grounds that people may find it distressing, then you, I, 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 it, it feels like in a way that you may be doing a disservice to those who are actually suffering and, and who can, you know, who can benefit from seeing that they're not the only ones in that position. Yeah, I certainly think that's true during an online term as well, um, to have that connection to other people and, and their experiences. I guess on that, there are different pages 
that are geared towards different things. We have everything from kind bridge to grudge bridge, I guess, as the two um, extremes. On a bit more of a lighthearted note, which one of these pages have you enjoyed engaging with um, as a fresher? Uh, I, I absolutely love the concept of Kindbridge. I think it's such a, a nice idea that you can go and the sole purpose of it is just to say something nice about your friends. And that's something that I, I don't even think we do in our daily lives enough. We, you know, we, we don't go out and we don't explicitly say to our, to our loved ones why we value them so much. And so having a page whose sole purpose is dedicated to that I, I think it's, it's just a fantastic idea. I also love um, This is the Real Camfest because the posts on there are just so utterly bizarre that they make me laugh. That, that, that is something I've really appreciated about Cambridge Humour is that it's just out there. And it, some of it is just so utterly intricate that I, 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 I'm sometimes in awe. I wish I could be that funny because I'm really not. That was George Garrity with a fresher's perspective on all of these online confession pages. He wrote a beautiful article in Varsity on his experiences and we'll link that in our episode description. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode, kind of talking through something that I know we at Switchboard definitely feel is a really important part of our lives, a way of feeling connected to Cambridge when we're all kind of further apart. And speaking of online connections, next week's episode is all about love in lockdown. So send us in all of your favourite Valentine's Day stories, be they successes or great Tinder failures. We want to hear about the craziest messages you've received, the weirdest dates you've been on, and whether you want to send it as a voice note to Anchor FM or send it as a message that we will read out. We want to hear from you. To finish this week's episode, we are showcasing music from Victoria Longstaff, who is a second year music student at Clare. You can listen to her music under Two Non Men on SoundCloud. This one is called Soul Boat.
call each other by each other's 